Ferdinand de Lesseps, chief promoter of the Suez Canal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in October 2021. Ferdinand de Lesseps, chief promoter of the Suez Canal. From the Phrenological Journal. Reprinted in Scientific American, Volume 22, Number 1, January 1, 1870. The scheme of reopening the canal of the Pharaohs between the Mediterranean and Red Seas, and thus connecting by a shortcut across the Isthmus of Suez the commerce of Europe and Asia, though long entertained by the first Napoleon, may fairly be claimed for Monsieur de Lesseps. His attention was doubtless first drawn to it by reading the memorable report of Monsieur Lapère, who was employed by Bonaparte to make a survey in 1798. The credit of designing and executing the great work belongs alike to him. With the general plan, progress and purpose of the canal, the American reader has, during the past months, been made tolerably familiar. He is the son of Jean-Baptiste Barthélemy, Baron de Lesseps, who was born at Sète, a French port on the Mediterranean, in 1765. Jean-Baptiste was for five years French vice-consul at St. Petersburg. In 1785 he accompanied La Perouse on a voyage to Kamchatka, whence he brought by land the papers containing a description of the expedition. In 1788 he was consul at Kronstadt and St. Petersburg. From St. Petersburg he was called, in 1812, by the Emperor Napoleon to Moscow as intendant. From the latter city, in 1814, he proceeded to Lisbon and was stationed there as consul until 1823. He died at Paris, May 6, 1834. Ferdinand, the subject of this sketch, was born at Versailles in 1805, and is consequently in his sixty-fourth year, though his appearance is that of a man little past the meridian of life. Early in life he evinced peculiar aptitude for the diplomatic career, in which he has since distinguished himself, a career as varied and romantic as it is brilliant. In 1825 he was appointed attaché to the French consulate at Lisbon. Two years later found him engaged in the commercial department of the Minister of Foreign Affairs. During the latter part of 1828 he was attaché to the consul-general at Tunis, and in 1831 he was dispatched by his government as consul to Alexandria. Hard work and rapid promotion for le jeune diplomat but the most eventful period of his long and wonderfully active career lay yet before him. Seven years subsequent to his appointment at Alexandria, and consequently when he was in his thirty-fifth year, he was sent as consul to Rotterdam. From Rotterdam he proceeded to Malaga in 1839, to negotiate in behalf of French commerce with the Spanish government. In the latter part of the same year he was transferred to the consulate at Barcelona, where during the two subsequent years he was especially active, and signally distinguished himself against the reign of Espartero. 
in eighteen forty four we again find him in alexandria whither he was sent to take the place of lavalette but the time for the development of his great project had not yet come he did not long remain in the egyptian capital returning to his former position in barcelona he was witness to some of the scenes of the revolution of february in eighteen forty eight he was appointed french minister at the court of madrid remaining in the spanish capital about a year he returned to paris immediately after the revolution of forty eight and in may of the following year was dispatched as envoy of the french republic to the republican government of mazzini at rome where he took a leading part in the abortive negotiations which preceded the restoration of the pope by a french army in eighteen fifty four he received a commission from the société d'études du canal de suez at paris to negotiate with said pasha for the construction of the canal projected in eighteen sixteen accordingly toward the close of that year we find him on the isthmus preparing for his great work this time he came to conquer his mission was crowned with success and the necessary concession made in november of that year a palace and a retinue of servants were assigned to his use and he was treated as a guest of the viceroy with the utmost respect great opposition followed especially from england and it was not till january eighteen fifty six that the second and fuller concession was granted by said pasha and a compagnie internationale fully recognized in eighteen fifty eight monsieur lesseps succeeded in raising two hundred millions of francs in france and in eighteen fifty nine he proceeded to egypt and planted the egyptian flag in the harbor of the ancient pelusium the great seaport of egypt thirty centuries ago where port said now stands he laid at the same time the foundation of a lighthouse and proudly proclaimed the work commenced fresh difficulties chiefly of a political nature interposed but the indefatigable lesseps never despaired in eighteen fifty nine he had the satisfaction of seeing his company and work placed upon a firm footing though the final decision of the french emperor was not given till july eighteen sixty four from that time to the present hour the canal has steadily progressed toward completion the personal appearance of m de lesseps is very striking though long past middle age he has a fresh and even youthful appearance both face and figure are well preserved his slightly curling grey hair sets off in pleasing contrast his bronzed yet clear complexion his bright eye and genial smile he is somewhat over the medium stature possessed of a compact and well-knit frame carries his head erect and moves about with a buoyancy and animation perfectly marvellous in one of his years and experience his address is that of the well-bred well-educated french gentleman that he is his manner is winning his voice clear and under most excellent control as all those who have listened to his admirable lectures on the canal at the late paris exposition cannot fail to remember what is perhaps most remarkable in a man so bred and constituted is that with great gentleness of speech and suavity of manner 
he combines a strength of will and fixity of purpose worthy of napoleon or caesar himself beneath that calm exterior lay a power which needed but the stimulus of a great idea to develop though beset by difficulties laughed at and maligned he has never for a moment swerved from his purpose or relaxed his efforts to accomplish it neither the sneers of stevenson and his associate engineers the heavy broadside of the thunderer or the squibs of punch ever made any visible impression on the purpose or action of lesseps my purpose from the commencement was to have confidence said he how bravely he has maintained his principle and redeemed his pledge let the ceremonies which mark the completion and inauguration of his great work tell when sea sent greeting to sea and let the keels of richly laden argosies from cathay and from ind which plough the waters of the canal declare end of ferdinand de lesseps chief promoter of the suez canal from scientific american volume twenty two number one january first eighteen seventy